and welcome to Detention. Joining us this week on the sports edition of the Detention Podcast, we have Jim Harbaugh, Kansas City Chiefs, San Francisco 49ers, as well as Adrian Griffin, and more Iowa news, including Tim Lester. So, kind of a filled week this week. Well, we missed one. Well, (laughs) yeah, I mean... You get more after uh, every other, it seems like. Yeah. We were doing really well getting new stories every week, and we could talk about, like, all the different coaching changes for the NFL, but there's... Too many. Again, it's just I don't really care too much about all those. Um, I don't think the listeners really care too much either, but hopefully they do care about dad jokes because I got (laughs) uh, a really dumb one. Love it. So, Cody, where do you take someone who has been injured in a -a peekaboo accident? I've seen this one online, and I cannot remember the punchline. Oh, so you have seen it? I have. Okay. It's the, I see you. <laughs> I think I've said that on here before. Have you said that one? I feel like I have. I don't know. I got this one, I think, from um, TikTok. Oh. Yeah. I don't go to any... Well, I shouldn't say I don't go to any of those websites, but Upjoke is not one that I, oh, I don't dude. think I've been to. Upjoke is so good. You've told me about it for sure. It's where I get all mine. Uh, my sister will send me... These dad jokes of these guys who are behind like hunting blinds. Oh yeah, uh, and I get some of mine from there. I think this is one of them. But yeah, I see you. Okay, starting off this week for sports news, I want to talk about the Jim Harbaugh hire. So we are going to talk about some NFL coaching stuff, but I think this is pretty much the only one. Uh, so Jim Harbaugh, who was formerly the head coach of the Michigan Wolverines, is now the official head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. If anyone remembers, he was back in the NFL, or Harbaugh was a coach in the NFL from like 2011 to 2014 or something like that with the 49ers, um, where he had a pretty good winning record, 44-19, and then won. Um, On all accounts, I think this is a pretty good hire for the Chargers. I think we talked about it on one of the last episodes of who we thought would be good fits for it. Bill Belichick is one that I thought would have been a pretty good one as, as well as Jim Harbaugh. Um, what are your thoughts on the hire for Jim Harbaugh going back to the NFL? Um, honestly, I don't really care. <laughs> um, I don't think it's really going to make a huge difference in the pros. Like coaching makes an impact in the pros for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but how many times have we seen over and over again somebody thrive in college and epically fail in the pros? And there's I mean, a reason for it. Yeah, it happens a lot. Yeah. And it's because in college you can pull the best people in the entire country. That's not how the pros work. You have to have the money. You have to mm. have the space for it. Yeah. That's just not how it works. So I feel like the first – I feel like his entire stint with the Chargers is going to be very similar to um, like a Saban where, or Urban Meyer where – you have these people in college who are very successful and it's going to be very similar to how it was when he first started in Michigan. He's not that great, but people are still going to give him the benefit of the doubt for like the first three years. And then he's going to be back. Do you think he's going to even have that long? Maybe. Of a leash. I'm giving him just some benefit there. I would think that after the first two seasons, depending how they go, they may be looking at a different coach too. Mm-hmm. Uh, for what I shouldn't say for whatever reason, but it happens a lot for pros where you give the guy that you want to be the future of your organization like two years to show 
that he can make a difference. Which I don't think Which, is long enough, personally. No, it's not. You and, need about four. Yeah, in order to get some real movement going. Right. Because you've been through a few different draft classes. Exactly. You've had guys come in out of retirement. Yep. Um, and you're able to actually form a roster that you would want for what you want to do at the organization. So I think that if he does well for those first two years, he'll probably have a little bit of a longer leash to do what he wants. I don't know what the, if that immediate success is going to happen because you have uh, the Raiders who are looking to come up on the up with their new head coach that came in in the middle of the season after being the offensive coordinator and didn't doing well enough to get win the head coaching job. You have Sean Payton with the Broncos, who in, <laughs> in year one showed an immediate improvement from the Broncos the year before, so adding another year of like maybe he's able to get what he wants and able to get Russell Wilson to do what he wants him to do, even though I know they don't have the best of relationships. Um, and then obviously you have the Chiefs, and they're not going to go anywhere. So you really are going to have to show that you can get some improvement in those first two seasons, and it's going to be probably pretty tough to do so especially if Baltimore continues to be good, Cincinnati, if the Browns are able to keep their quarterbacks healthy and their offensive line still is effective. Uh, the AFC is already loaded and already uh, a challenge, so it'll be interesting to see. I, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs even close. Well, I'm not saying first year. I know, I'm just no. saying. Even with like, him being as head coach? Yeah, no. <laughs> I, out of the 16 teams in the AFC, maybe 12. Maybe. Oh, you think? Yeah. I mean, that's roughly where they were now. Yeah. Yeah. Probably worse. I don't know. I don't, without looking at a list of everyone who's in the AFC, like, just cusp 12. 12. Is what I'm guessing. Okay. Um, He, uh, Corbaugh, Hark Corbaugh. (laughs) Fucking dyslexic as shit today. Harbaugh, who has had success developing quarterbacks in the past, I think will be a good match for Justin Herbert. Just because when he was with Andrew Luck in Stanford, he obviously did really well. Now, Andrew Luck, even from a lot of player standpoints, view that if he was still in the league, he would be up there with like Manning and mm-hmm. Brady if he stayed instead of retiring early. So, you know, that's a generational talent there. Who knows if Harbaugh really had an impact on it. But Colin Kaepernick with the 49ers, I think he developed him pretty well. And then J.J. McCarthy most recently at Michigan. So... I think there's something to be said there that he can at least help Herbert maybe get a little bit more momentum going into the season because um, he's got a lot of good raw talent. He just needs a coach to actually kind of funnel that a little bit more, I think. Um, next news story, just kind of going into Super Bowl predictions. Since the Super Bowl will be coming this weekend, um, it is the San, San Francisco 49ers and the uh, Chiefs. Forgot to say Kansas City. It's been a long day. It's Monday. Dude, I feel that. Um, what is your prediction going forward for this game? I don't know, man. It, I, I can really see it going either way. I honestly feel the same. I, I can tell you who I want to win, and it's the 49ers. I agree. I personally want them to win it, too. Only, I mean, the main reason is because George Kittle's on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but with, and you and I have talked about this at length off of this is that even though Brock Purdy is an Iowa State guy, I respect Brock Purdy. And I've seen so many things about this, and it is so true, is that everybody loves an underdog story, mm-hmm. except for apparently this one. 
I wouldn't say like there's a whole lot of it's it's a really weird dichotomy. Like there's a lot of prominent talking heads that are in favor of Brock Purdy succeeding and being able to um, perform at the well, level that he has. Mm-hmm. There's also you know the argument against that where a lot of people are saying, well, this is a fluke. It's the Shanahan, Shanahan system. He's really not that good. And then which I understand their points. Yeah. We love underdog stories. True. I think the majority of the sports media still thinks that Brock Purdy is deserving of it. I don't think there's like a huge group of people And I think the talking think heads otherwise. are the ones who are fine with it. But mm-hmm. you look at all the fans and they're like, oh, he's not that great. It's just the system. It's like you put any quarterback in an efficient system and they're going to be okay at least. Yeah. And this is what you and I have talked about. I think the only downfall – to Purdy's game in the Shanahan system is his arm, like his his strength. It's, it's not a cannon. No. no. But when you look at the plays he he does and mm-hmm. you talk to his teammates, he makes the right play. He makes the good decision. He pinpoints the ball in a place that it needs to be. So that doesn't just come like in a system. That I mean, yes, you need the system to give you enough time to do those things. I'll give you that. But you can't tell me that the system creates someone who can pinpoint pass or make a correct decision. That's not how that works. True. They just set up the plays to develop you in a way that you can throw the ball to somebody in enough time. And I think the only major critic that I've seen, especially as of late, I don't know how many actual major sports personalities think that he's not good enough for his position in the NFL is Cam Newton, but he's also, right. but he's also fucking butthurt because he's not on a backup on a squad somewhere. Did you see Purdy's response? Yeah. Yeah. Then that's why I bring that up. He, uh, Cam Newton said that he was basically like the 10th best player on the roster. Mm-hmm. And he was just saying, well, at least I'm on a roster in the NFL. Right. To some degree like that, uh, a little bit more snarky, I think on his end, but which good for him. Yeah. I mean, he's right. Cam Newton, had a few good seasons, but other than that, he was a major turnover liability. Do I think Brock Purdy deserves MVP? No. By no means do I believe that. No, I wouldn't say he deserves MVP. Do I think that he is a contributing, a major contributing factor to why they are in the position they are? Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. Um, with that being said, I can easily see the Chiefs winning. And going True. and going Agreed. back-to-back Super Bowl wins. Um, I think if the 49ers start off slow, like they did against the Lions, where they're down basically three scores at half, that Chiefs win. Andy Reid's not going to play it to the fact for you to come back and win from behind. Mm-hmm. If you're up enough, he's going to draw out as much time to make sure that he strangles that clock. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, if the 49ers' defense can make Mahomes and the wide receivers uncomfortable like they did to the Lions in the second half of the NFC Championship game, then I think they have a good chance at winning it. Defenses, I think, are almost a wash. Uh, The Chiefs' defense is pretty good, and then the 49ers' defense is obviously pretty good. So it really comes down to what can your offense consistently do um, in order to win the game. And I hope it's the 49ers. Um, But it'll be – hopefully it's an interesting game. We've had two good years in a row now where the games came down to one possession and they were very contested games. I'm hoping it's like that again. And hopefully the hope the Super Bowl halftime show is good. Cuz it's Usher, but you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
There you go. All right. Uh, moving to basketball news. This one's a little bit over the older story, but we obviously didn't record last week, so we wanted to bring it up this week. But the F- Bucks have officially fired Adrian Griffin, which, again, I don't follow NBA all that much. I All I know is that this was his first head coach position in the NBA uh, in his career, and he's fired. So give a little bit of background for what you understand of his firing. Um, earlier this year, I heard there was rumblings of Giannis and Adrian Griffin not seeing eye to eye on things. And then I don't know what the dynamic was when Dame came in with Adrian Griffin. Mm-hmm. But out of nowhere, second team in the East, dude's leading him at 31 and something. I think he already said it. But um, And they fire him. And then they bring in Doc Rivers, who – from a sports head I heard, um, apparently gets along really well and does well with veteran players, which is great because you have Giannis, Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, Dame. Mm-hmm. Like, they're all veteran players. Great. I just – I don't understand the move with Doc Rivers because Doc Rivers has time and time again proven that he cannot get it done in the playoffs. He's done it once. So, to whoever wants to argue that, yes, he did it once in, with the 08 – Celtics with Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce. Yes, he did it once. A super team in it, right? Pretty much, yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Every time since then, even with the Clippers, with Paul George and uh, Kawhi Leonard, or with um, who the hell was he just on? Oh, the Phil- Philadelphia 76ers mm-hmm. after he took over for Mike Brown. Not Mike Brown. Bruce. Doesn't matter. Um, yeah, Mike Brown. Whatever. Um, he couldn't get it done there with Embiid and Harden. Like, mm-hmm. you have these talented players, and you can't coach them to win. Since then, since the firing of Adrian Griffin, he's gone one and two. And do you – you do not have it. He was named East Coach of, like, the first half, like the All-Star Coach of the Year or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah. And so Doc went on record and say, I'm going to give my ring and money to Adrian Griffin, which is very classy to do because there's no reason why he should have gotten it. Makes no sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he was the head coach for 43 games and they mm-hmm. were 30 and 13, second at the time of his firing in the East. So, yeah, I don't quite understand it either. I also saw that um, apparently the Bucks organization, whoever is the ownership or front office or management or whatever, were somewhat. Um, upset with their ability to hold teams under a certain point value and their defense was slipping. Okay. That's another thing that I read. They were like fourth in defense last year and they're 22nd or 24th or something like that so far this season. So I don't know if that was another Because you traded away some of your best defensive people to get Damian Lillard, sure. i.e. Drew Holiday. Yeah. Like, that makes sense. You're going to have a drop-off. No, that's a very drastic drop-off. But hire somebody for defense defense specifically. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I saw this post, and I absolutely agree with it. And there's obviously more context than what I know. But clearly, it's not enough for results. You have to be likable. You yeah. have to get along with people, which is a fair fair point. I get that. Yeah, But, but you if you think- are giving results, your entire job is to win and win at the highest level Mm -hmm. if you are winning 
I don't see a problem. Like, yes, sir, everyone doesn't have to get along, but if you're winning, something's happening. That's the entire point of sports. And you would think the relationship that they would have either with the coach and the organization for not getting along or coach and players would have to be long-lasting than just half, not even half a season, Mm -hmm. 43 games, for it to completely erode to the point where it's like, we got to get this guy out of here. Right. Jerry Krause and Phil Jackson fucking hated each other, especially towards the end because... Jerry Krause was like, I want to do a whole new rebuild, right. which means getting rid of you. Yeah. And Phil Jackson's like, I just want us a sixth championship, and you want me out? It doesn't make sense. Now, obviously, they had a contentious relationship for years leading up to that. But at that point, you could justify saying, we're going to part ways. Right. The relationship has totally gone down the shitter because we both for a long time have not liked each other. Yeah. I don't understand that move from this point of view. It was like, even if you don't like the guy, be professional. Yeah. Understand the job and what the job requires and do it. Win games. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And he was doing that. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Um, moving forward with NBA, they released their all-star game lineups for both the East and the West. Um, I mean, there's really no terrible surprises, I guess, on my end, because I don't know who any... Well, I know most of the names on this list, but a lot of them I wouldn't say I'm shocked that... Except for, I guess, one of the guys from the West. Uh, But for the East, you have Giannis uh, in his eighth appearance, Joel Embiid in his seventh appearance, Tyrese Halliburton in his second appearance, uh, Damian Lillard in his eighth, and then Jason Tatum in his fifth. For the West, you have LeBron James for uh, an NBA record 20th appearance, in the All-Star Game, you have Luka Doncic uh, for his fifth appearance, Kevin Durant for his 14th, uh, Nikola Jokic at his Jokic, whatever. Jokic. 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 Okay. Uh, for his sixth appearance, and then you have Shai Galigas Alexander for his Shea. second. Shai. Kiltris Alexander. Okay. Anyway, any of those names surprising to you? No. Yeah. <laughs> I the only one I was really surprised about was the Alexander guy. I don't know why. Who, I don't know who he is. Oh my god! Never heard his name. So I'm he's, like, oh, he's okay. on the Thunder. Okay, he's on well, my that's, team. Well, that's why you know him, obviously. Well, no, he's been putting up hella good numbers for like the past five years, and they've just gotten better. What position does he play in the Thunder? Small sh- shooting guard. Shooting guard. Okay. So. He like he mainly ball handles, so you could call him a point guard, but he's not officially a point guard. He's a shooting guard. Okay. Gotcha. So, uh, who do you think is going to win this complete nonsensical game? That's just going to be 163 to 159. I don't know. I don't really give a shit. It's probably going to be the West. You think so? Just because LeBron's on it? Yeah, that's why. No, because SGA's on it and Jokic. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> Why would I know who he is? I don't know shit about basketball. That's fair. Again, I know all these other names because they've done something. I'm not getting into that. I'm not getting into it. Um, of all of these players that are going to be I'm going to, am I getting into <laughs> going it? to the All Star Game? I'll get into it for a second. <laughs> the only other person who hasn't made it to any playoffs in their career is Tyrese Halliburton, mm-hmm. and he's young. So is SGA. How many seasons has he been? Maybe like two more than Tyrese. It's two more seasons to get into the uh, NBA playoffs. Just saying. The other guys have been there a lot, looks like, from my memory. Uh Uh Hey, you know what? 
Another year the Bulls got snubbed. Not a singer bull was on the fucking... There's a reason for that. Hey, I'm just saying. There's a reason for that. I'm, I'm They're giving, booty. <laughs> yeah, I'm giving you ammo. I'm giving you, I'm giving you shit about the Thunder, and you can give me shit about the Bulls. Because, yet again, no bull. <laughs> All right, uh, and then you have the lineup for the women's FIBA roster. Yeah, so this is not the Olympic roster for next year's Olympics, or I guess this year's Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, this summer, baby. But it is for the, let's see, uh, represent Team USA in Belgium. Uh, don't know when. Oh, February 8th through 11th. So coming up very quickly. Yep, this weekend. Super Bowl um, weekend. Yeah. That's a shitty weekend to have yeah. this going on. Well, they're in Beltram. Still. It's fine. Um, you have Ariel Atkins. She's a guard in the Mystic, uh, Washington Mystics. Uh, Nafisa Collier, forward for the Minnesota Lynx. Uh, I'm guessing it's Rain Howard, guard for the Atlanta Dream. Jewel Lloyd, guard for the Seattle Storm. Uh, Brenna Stewart, forward for... Oh, she's a free agent. Alyssa Thomas, forward for the Connecticut Sun. Aaliyah Boston, center for the Indiana Fever. Her name should sound familiar. Kalia Cooper, guard for the Chicago Sky. Sabrina Ionesu, who is a guard for the New York Liberty. I'll get back to her in a second. Kelsey Plum, guard for the Las Vegas Aces. I'll also get back to her in a second. Uh, Diana Tarasi, guard for the Phoenix Mercury. And then Jackie Young, guard for the Las Vegas Aces. Uh, Kelsey Plum's name should sound familiar, especially for Iowa fans, because Caitlin Clark is creeping up on her point record for the NCAA. 66 points away. And then uh, Sabrina Ionescu. thing that's funny about this is she's like the best three-point shooter in the WNBA right now. Mm-hmm. Her and Steph Curry in All-Star Weekend are going to have a three-point shoot-off. Again, because they've had one in the past. Nope. Have they? Nope. Or I guess maybe not against each other, but they've. I guess obviously they've had three-point contests for the All-Star Weekend. Individually, and WNBA. Individually, yeah. yeah, but this is against each other. Yeah. And... Um, Hey, the year that I saw, and it might have been last year or two years ago, if they would have gone head-to-head, she would have beat him. Yeah. Because she had more points scored. She said she was even going to shoot from the NBA three-point line. <laughs> How much of a difference is it between WNBA and... Maybe like two feet. Maybe. Feet? Maybe. It's that far? I don't know. It can't be that far. Oh, maybe a foot. I don't know. 24 inches is a lot to have on the outside perimeter from two different professional leagues. I just work here. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you're the basketball guy. I figured you would know. Uh, no, I, I don't remember the numbers. Um, but yeah, that'll be interesting to see how well they perform. I don't know, I guess, in history, in years past, how well they've done before. I think the women's is probably, I would assume, not as competitive as the men's when we've covered the men's because we thought the USA team had a shot, but it would have been a pretty tough chance for them to actually win it all, and they obviously didn't. So it'll be interesting to see. Hopefully they can do what the men couldn't, <laughs> uh, just like most things. Yeah. All right. Iowa Sports News will end with a couple of different topics here. I wanted to bring up something that we had covered in the past uh, towards the beginning of this last football season with the Iowa sports betting issues that were going on with Iowa basketball players, football players, and wrestlers, as well as Iowa State uh, players for them as well. Um, this update came through, and um, it's pretty damning to the point of you. we can all agree that to an extent the gambling that was done by these student-athletes probably shouldn't have happened, True. and it was dumb that they did. Yes. 
Now, some of them obviously have varying degrees of like stupidity of like, oh, I'm betting on my own fucking school's sport that I'm competing in. Right. And that's obviously a huge violation as opposed to like an Iowa football player betting on Iowa wrestling or Iowa basketball. Mm -hmm. Could you argue that they have an impact? Maybe if you can say that they're actually really good friends with like star key players for those different sports, but the ties are a little bit less dramatic there. Yeah. I would think. Um, but what came forward a couple weeks ago, kind of what I saw from Keith Murphy, Murphy, who's uh, an Iowa sports writer said that, uh, there has been an update regarding the Iowa sports wagering and gambling investigation to the degree of that. It should never have even been a story in the first place. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the majority of the statement that was posted on Twitter, um, by Keith Murphy and just kind of read it. So everyone can hear what I'm trying to say. So what had happened was that uh, the sports wagering sanctioned sports wagering contest was actually a result of a special agent, Brian Sanger, conducting a warrantless search on Iowa and Iowa State's campuses. Special agent Brian Sanger was given access to a tool that can invade people's privacy. He initially used Cabana to place a warrantless geofence around a freshman slash sophomore dorm at the university of Iowa to investigate underage gambling within any tips, complaints or evidence or without any tips, complaints or evidence with uh, underage gambling was occurring. The use of Cabana allowed him to see that online betting applications were opened in the dorms, but the software did not allow him to determine if bets were actually being made. The other information he was able to see was the account numbers associated with the applications, which did not contain identifying information about who was using the account. Special Agent Sanger approached his superior, uh, Tori Nelson, and Assistant DCI Director Jobes uh, to ask for permission to continue their investigation. He was told no. So basically, in that first long paragraph, he just took it upon himself to use a tool that his department has to then basically spy on freshman and sophomore students who are most going to student athletes within a certain dorm without having clearance, to without do having so. clearance to do so, um, to see if gambling was happening. It didn't tell him if any bets were placed, but it told him if betting apps were opened, which again, not illegal to do that breach of privacy. And so with that, it gave him not account information or anything identifying two specific students, but then he took it to a superior and was like, hey, these freshmen and sophomore dorms have been opening these betting apps on their phones. And his superior told him, okay, whatever. doesn't really matter. So you don't have permission to go forward with it. That's the first paragraph. The second bit says that Special Agent Sanger was then decided to target an athletic facility at the University of Iowa because it was a standalone facility with restricted access to athletes, coaching staff, and support personnel. Again, this was not done, or this was done without a warrant, tips, complaints, or evidence that illegal gambling was occurring. Uh, Special Agent Sanger identified the same information he had relation to in the dorm. He consulted his team of Heather 
Donnell, Philip Kennedy, Chris Atkins, and Chris Swigert to discuss continuing the investigation and again approach Special Agent Tori Nelson and Assistant Director Jobes to give him the green light to continue the investigation. Quote, without reasonable cause, the team of special agents targeted more facilities as well as began requesting subpoenas to obtain account information on hundreds of private citizens, private information, which was also without reasonable cause. So he took it a step further when he was told no to then go to specific athletic buildings where he knows only student athletes, coaches, personnel are going to be coming in and out of and then did the same thing and found, oh, some of these student athletes are doing it within these buildings. At that point, sure, I can see there's a problem with student athletes potentially betting on things when they're not supposed to. But again, the level of just you're invading someone's privacy just to do so. You're told not to continue to do it. You continue to do it, and now you're proven, okay, now I can, everything's proven that I've, I've, been, I've been right this whole time. Everything that I have seen or heard, and, I mean, obviously we know that Hollywood exaggerates things, so I don't know the exact law, but mm-hmm. I'm fairly certain that anything that is obtained, any evidence that is obtained without legal justification is inadmissible and cannot be used in- to punish you. Yeah, or true. used against you. The only, I guess, difference is that the NCAA is not an actual, to a degree, law-binding organization. It is not. So it's not like it's in the actual court system to where you can be found guilty of something based off of evidence that's brought against you. But the So even for this... But the like, Iowa State quarterback who went to court... True. He has a very good case now. After figuring out that this guy did everything illegally yeah. to start off. Um, now, whether or not the NCAA reinstates him or Iowa State takes him back, completely in- irrelevant. I don't think he would. He's, his, his career in athletics is basically yeah. done. Now, what a major issue this also causes is it breaks the Fourth Amendment. Yeah. Without proper search and seizure. Yeah. It, it's just on a whim, he just decided to do this. Got a little bit of something that he thought was something... And he continued to run with it even when he was advised not to. Yeah. So that's where the biggest issue comes from. Again, it's not the issue that these students did anything that they shouldn't be doing. Should be doing. Because that arguably, yeah, you're right. You can't do that. But the fact that it has negatively impacted a certain degree student athletes who, again, we've talked about negligible action of actual influence of games to earn money or what have you in the NCAA. It's it completely turned around some of these student athletes' lives. In to your point too is that, in I also Kirk Ferentz's point is that you go to anywhere any campus in the country and do the same thing, you're probably going to find the same results. And this is exactly why we were wondering for so long: why is it just Iowa and Iowa State? Why is it just within the state of Iowa that this happening is not happening anywhere else? What the fuck? This explains exactly why. Just because a special agent decided to do something outside a, of his power. Yeah, just to do it. And it's like, oh, well, that's why it only happened here because he's the only one that is doing it. Right. It's not happening anywhere else because it's going by the book everywhere else. And again, should people, should athletes be going and doing these things and breaking the rules? No, we, we understand that. I mean, go, look at Noah Shannon, right? He openly admits to saying, I yeah. should not have done this. Mm-hmm. And great. You understand that. But you can't just take it upon yourself to do whatever you want to 
in, whatever his reasons are, I don't understand them. Like, what what do you have to gain? What possessed you from using this special tool that your department and agency right. has to then do this thing at a random dorm? And it's different if you get complaints or you get tips. Mm-hmm. But he had he had no logical reason to think that this was happening. Let me rephrase that. No legal reasoning to think that this was happening. And to the degree of where it would be... Necessary. Necessary for you to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's that's frustrating. So I just wanted to bring that up because uh, f- complete constitutional rights were violated and student-athletes' lives have been completely ruined because of it. And it's not right. It isn't. Uh, next Iowa sports thing, we mentioned earlier that Iowa has hired an offensive coordinator officially with Tim Lester who is a former uh, Western Michigan head coach uh, for their football program. He also served as a special analyst for the Green Bay Packers this past season. Um, So he does have head coaching experience. He did play for Western Michigan when he was in college in the 90s as a quarterback. Um, So I am at least a little bit happy to see that the person who is going to be running the offense also knows how to coach a quarterback. Um, Brian Ferentz was also kind of like the quarterbacks guy after Ken O'Keefe left when Stanley graduated. I don't know what the fuck Brian Ferentz knows about quarterback play. Nothing. Nothing because he was an offensive line guy. So I think this is a good hire in the sense of the things that he can actually teach a quarterback to manage um, mechanically and for reading defenses I think is valuable. Obviously, however, the only reason why he got the job is because, one, apparently from what I heard, too, is that candidates were, like... Thin. Th- one, thin. Avoiding this job like the fucking plague. Um, so it was hard to find anybody who wanted to even take over this position. Um, but, two, he was hired because Ferentz, I'm sure, strong-armed him into, well, we'll hire you, but this is the thing that you'll be doing. And I'm sure Tim Lester, from being an... NFL analyst to at least doing something remotely similar to what he had in the past. I'm sure he was like, uh, it's better than what I was doing. So sure. I'll do it. Um, we'll see how well it works out. I'm not terribly optimistic, but I'm also not thinking it's going to be as bad as Brian for another year. It can't be worse. Honestly, statistically, it literally, it could be worse. We could be one more spot worse, but I don't think it'll be that bad. Yeah. Um, I do hope that he is able to kind of open the offense a little bit more. And from what I've seen from uh, Chad Lysakow and, um, fuck, I'm forgetting the another Iowa sports writer, um, have said on their podcast that he, when he was at Western Michigan, he did r- run a lot of option plays um, kind of not so much with the quarterback running the ball, but being able to check down to different tight ends or even running backs to get them involved in the game. So it's not just relying on wide receivers. <laughs> we're not doing that anyway. True. But we're also, I don't think he's going to be running like a screen every five plays or every two. So I think it's going to be a little bit better on that end too, of getting guys who can create plays in more space and being creative with that aspect, but staying true to the Iowa zone running scheme. So I think it can be good. We'll just obviously have to wait and see. But um, hopefully he does good. 
Yeah. Because with the defense, like we talked about, for who's returning, we're going to have another probably top 10 defense there. You have to do something with the offense. Yeah. In order to, especially with four new teams coming into the Big Ten, three of them coming off of really good seasons. So... Uh, next, in a little bit of Iowa news, Caitlin Clark is now the all-time women's Big Ten scorer. Uh, she is second overall, like we mentioned, just behind Kelsey Plum. Um, there's also good uh, chances that she'll probably be the all-time leading scorer for both men and women in Division I uh, if she's able to beat out Pistol Pete. Um, did you see the controversy that was coming up this past weekend for her breaking Kelsey Plum's record? Oh. I wish I cared enough to really look up the uh, player's name, but there was a former WNBA player who was good in college. Cheryl Swoops. Yeah, there we go. Who was on a podcast talking about how uh, obviously Caitlin Clark is good. It's really awesome. However, I think records should be broken within the time frame of when they were set. So Kelsey Plum playing for four years, Caitlin Clark should beat it in four years. And then she kept saying that Caitlin Clark is like 25 years old and has had a fifth year COVID year. So how legitimate would this record breaking really be? Is this her fifth year? I'm pretty sure it's her fourth. It's her fourth. So that's where the controversy comes in is that uh, a lot of people are crying foul saying that this is clear disinformation to try to like smear Caitlin Clark, which I don't think that's intentional. I think she just, got mixed up with the fact of like, oh, well, there are a lot of players who are currently using COVID years. Right. She's been around for a while. ESPN has literally talked about her nonstop for three years. So I'm sure she just thought, oh, well, she's probably a fifth-year senior. Right. But, yeah, I think she can be the all-time leading scorer for both men and women. That'd be fucking awesome. Yeah. That'd be huge for Iowa. Um, and then the last little bit that I want to talk about, Iowa lands two top recruits for the class of 2025, a linebacker and a tight end. The tight end was an in-state guy uh, from Clear Lake. He's a four-star, so that's really good. The other kid is from Illinois, Carson Cooney. Um, He is an outside linebacker. Um, He's reported to be very similar to, like, Jack Campbell, at least as of right now. So smart, can cover side-to-side. Um, sound tackling. Those Looking two forward. positions do not surprise me. Well, no. For Iowa, it doesn't. Defensive guy and uh, tight, end. Uh, tight end. I'm not terribly surprised. But like the, I think the tight end kid had like offers from um, a bunch of Big Ten schools. Mm-hmm. But I want to say maybe a couple of SEC schools. Saw that, like Arkansas or something. Yeah. So, you know, you always want to keep your in-state guys who are good, come yeah. home. Doesn't always work out, but, you know, we get them later, maybe. Caden Proctor's <laughs> one of them. So, all right. That wraps up this week's episode of the Sports Edition of the Detention Podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and please spread the word and encourage others to listen. You can follow us on Twitter, at DetentionPod1, or you can send us an email at DetentionPodcast1 at gmail.com. You can listen to the Detention Podcast on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And with that, your detention has been served. We will see you again next week.